0: Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing.
1: You know how fast you're going.
0: Industry news, trends, the people
1: involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwantz. This is Josh Teemath. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latrice. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, the Pass Radio. Hello
0: again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast Production System. Glad you're with us. Uh, Let's see, who's gone? PJ, let's see, Tony Wank, Eddie Kuhlenkamp, but who's behind the mic? Scott Casper and Jack DeLeon, Leanne DeLeon as well, producing our contributors include Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. Uh, guest list on the program tonight. Cooper, McDonald, Rodney Smith, Lane, Michael, Justin Bogle, and Michael Locke. We will uh, uh, make this into a tribute show, by the way, to Carlin Dunn. Uh, We had him on the show, if you recall, back in September of 2018, and he died earlier this month at the uh, Pikes Peak Race. Uh, Former winner and film producer, Carlin Dunn, Uh, we lost him way too soon. And since, uh, the Pikes Peak folks have been Uh, reticent about uh, continuing uh, motorcycle racing during the pikes peak event so we'll be talking a little bit about that on this program in weeks to come will they or won't they there's only been what four or five deaths uh, in uh, many many years uh, since uh, that has included that event has included motorcycle racing we'll talk about that and uh, and perhaps get some uh, more of the news from outside and from various uh, types of racing. We will tell you that Ryan Villapoto won the all star race, the 125 all star race at Washugal. And, uh, you know, that, that Washugal National, always tough. But uh, what, a, uh, what a beautiful race for Ryan Villapoto to return to the series to take the victory over Chris Johnson, uh, Tevin Tapia, Brock Shoemaker, and Zachary Rebels that rounded out the top five. So you can look for more news on that event and, of course, the full video coverage from the ninth round of the 125 All-Stars Series on our friends at RacerX, racerxonline.com. Jack, how are you? i got to believe you're doing okay. Let me try that. Yeah, that works. That was much better.
1: I'm doing well, sir. How are you?
0: I'm good. I want to thank uh, the doctors, uh, both at the hospitals here. But over the last four weeks, I've been uh, kind of suffering through some some oral issues that turned into uh, blood disease and poisoning. And I was rushed to University of Iowa Hospitals, where the good docs and nurses took care of me over there. And apparently, it was pretty close. I don't know what that means. Did I not get my parking lot stamp uh, sticker stamped, or what? I don't know what that means, but they took care of me for over a week and brought me back, and uh, it was an amazing time. So, had a trach in. Never had one of those. So, a lot of first-time things mm-hmm. in Iowa City, but it was great to um, see all the family and friends. My buddies from uh, the Delta fraternity came over. A lot of young guys came over and listened to an old man reminisce about his days in the fraternity life and uh, we had fun there uh, a lot of Hawkeye fans as you my guests came in and talked a little wrestling news and stuff and uh, it was just it was it was it was a, uh, a week just to let everything go and the weeks prior to that the pain was amazing all my medical docs here medical and dental docs here in Des Moines were phenomenal they all talked to each other they all communicated so they were all working on my behalf uh to get me better but m- for those of you who hadn't seen me my face had ballooned up to what jack two three times the size of my chin was like five times yes sir. the size uh, it normally is so it was a um it was a crackerjack four weeks uh most of the summer gone <laughs>
1: well yeah thanks, and, thanks and everybody the, and the one thing that i can tell you is you had me worried there for a little bit
0: yeah well everybody you know even my neighbors uh, were worried enough to mow the yard uh thank you very much well that was very nice of them how about that i should get sick more often (laughs) no please no anyway thank you so much right i couldn't hear leon in the back (laughs) anyway so thanks uh, for tuning in to this podcast uh, production the evergreen podcast production of pit pass moto scott casper with you throughout the next uh, couple hours and we're going to talk racing we're going to talk a little bit about flat track we'll start with the ceo of uh, american flat tracker good buddy michael Locke. michael how are you
2: I'm very well. How are you this evening? Sounds like you're a lot better than you were.
0: I am, and you are my very first guest and my very first, what we call in the radio business, the comeback show. (laughs) So it's been what? I feel privileged. Well, thank you, and uh, I I as well. It's been since 2015, since taking over as CEO of the American Flat Track, Um, and you guys are not just gaining uh, speed, uh, but you're gaining recognition and respect. Uh, It seems that you're listening to everybody. Uh, and then boiling it all down into what is best for racers and fans, can you talk about the effort because quite frankly, taking it over is a massive effort to begin with, but then improving every single day every single decision uh you know it's hard to top what 's best, but you guys are doing it
2: well that that's a fantastic intro, so I thank you for that um we we're we're not perfect um we we have a goal in mind of of where we're taking um the series and the sport, um, because the series acts as the pinnacle of the sport, and right. everybody knows that uh, flat track is a romantic sport with a, an amazing history and heritage, um, and, and one that had fallen on um, somewhat hard times mm-hmm. in recent years. There, there were, there were um, uh, presumably prettier girls elsewhere in supercross and road racing and motocross, and flat track lost a lot of its base in the eighties and nineties, and. What we've done is try and um, piece it back together, but in a modern context. Um, so uh, be, be true to the history, um, uh, attract people to come and see what I think is the most amazing two-wheel sport anywhere. I, you know, I'm, I'm nearly five years into this. I still stand on the inside of turn one at Sacramento <laughs> and hold my breath, right, um, right. And, and, and that's that's the that's the genie in the bottle. Um, and what we try to do is take a, a modern. Um, communications-led and commercial strategy to developing it and and to protect
0: its future. You know and and protecting its future and relying on what has been um, I think is something you guys do well. Uh, Scheduling conflicts uh, prohibited uh, AFT from uh, running the OKC mile uh, this year Um, uh, but you guys are returning in 2020, uh, June 20th to be exact. Um, how difficult was that balancing? I mean, let's face it, there are only so many weekends in a year or in a season, uh, and you guys have to weigh everything out very carefully, both in television contracts, or race availability, and money. Everything b- does boil down to bugs.
2: <laughs> yes, it does in the end, and that's not very romantic.
1: But,
2: uh, <laughs> but the, the, the bigger you get, and, and, and the more partners you have, and the more fans you have, the more demands there are on you. Um, and it goes with the territory, and the okc is a perfect example we first went there three years ago um it's a great venue remington park the fans there know what they're watching and they're passionate um and we ran into an issue this year that we had a new opportunity uh, to go to a part of the country that uh, flat track is not very familiar in, which is new england um i had to look back in the record books to actually confirm that we hadn't raced there in anyone's memory um and yet new england is a hotbed for motorcycling um And we had an opportunity to go and partner with uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway who offered to build us a track and some infrastructure. And there was one date they could do it. Um, And unfortunately, that fell on the same date as our regular weekend with OKC. We looked to try and move OKC to uh, another date, but it was frankly too short notice. Those folks down there have got their year planned out. So we had to take a step back and look um, ahead to 2020. And, you know, I'm delighted we can go back there. It's one of the best events on our tour.
0: We're talking with Michael Locke, AFT CEO, and, of course, AFT, American Flat Track. And we look back. uh, By the way, folks, you can do the same. Uh, For all information, American Flat Track at AmericanFlatTrack.com. Next race, uh, four days, 22 hours, 11 minutes. Need I remind you, Michael, lots Mm -hmm. to do between now and then. (laughs) Uh, The season, by the way, kicks off at Buffalo Chip uh, TT in Sturgis South Dakota Sunday August 4th that's the four days we're talking about between now and and the chip but um, that has turned into quite an event uh, you know the racing uh, community has lapped uh, wrapped its loving arms around the event and what a great place to kick it off right it's turned into a monster <laughs> we,
1: right
2: we have we never imagined that um, uh, taking a motorcycle race to a rock concert um, could be such a such a healthy marriage. Hmm. Um, and we, we have some logistics issues because they they have big um, uh, headliner name rock concerts every night there right. in Sturgis week, so we have to uh, get in and prep the track and install all the safety equipment after the end of the rock concert on Saturday night in order to be able to start practice around uh, lunchtime on Sunday. To be able to finish our main event by nine pm so we can get the hell out of Dodge um, so they can, so they, can so they can stage another rock concert that night. So it's a bit of a logistical um, challenge, but we're taking the sport to thousands and thousands of people who may not have seen it otherwise. And they're a target audience. They're motorcyclists, they're rock fans, they're outdoor people. And we're able to drop our sport into their arena and uh, and
0: wow them. And and having worked up there during Sturgis um, with uh, Pee Wee Herman on stage at the Chip, doing what I do as an MC, but uh, it's it really is a different crowd of folks but we have one thing in common and that is, uh, uh, that hot black blood that runs through the very core of all the machines. And yeah, everybody, everybody shares that passion and some of it, uh, you, you know, might be flat track. Some of it may just be riding your Harley up and down, you know, the strips and checking out all the vendors and, uh, seeing some stuff that you won't find anywhere else. And by the way, wear glasses, wear eye protection. If you're anywhere near a motorcycle, make sure you have eye protection on or you will get a ticket and it ain't cheap. For whatever reason, they focused on uh, uh, the protection of your eyes first and foremost, and I don't disagree with them. Uh, I can't imagine going through life with, with uh, just one lo- uh, one eye or no eyes. So uh, make sure you and I talk about this every year, Michael. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Remington Park in Oklahoma City. Is adding that back is a big deal. Uh, there was uh, a lot of what we call, uh, you know, the the uh, keyboard. Um, uh, keyboard racers and riders out there those computer guys that sit in their basements late at night and comment on things that they don't always know everything about but uh, seemingly everybody is uh, pretty happy about the return
2: well i hope so um and you know we're sensitive to this um we we took aft back there a couple of years ago we introduced it to the venue and the local fans and they feel we took it away i get it um Uh, That's not the intention, and we we have to juggle many balls to keep this show on the road, Um, and it wasn't that we didn't want to go there, it's that we couldn't fit it in, and um, so we're delighted to be back there next year. We hope everybody turns out and cheers on their favorite races, um, and that we have a great event for the long term. I'm, I'm sure we will,
0: Let's go to Jack DeLeon, who doesn't often open up his microphone, but obviously he's got some things to say. Jack,
1: Michael, I want to ask you a couple of questions. I am basically would consider myself new to flat track, illiterate, go because ahead. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what would you What would you tell me as somebody for the first time watching your event? What makes it different than any other motorcycle event that's out there? Hmm. Hmm.
2: Good question. Um, flat track is both the most brutal and the most poetic of motorcycle racing. Um, it's brutal because they're up to speeds of 130, 140 miles right. an hour on loose dirt with no front brake. That's brutal. Wow. And there's and there's nowhere to go when you get it wrong. Um, it's not like road racing with lots of runoff and, uh, and visibility. It is a tight oval circuit. So it is brutal and dangerous and exciting. Um, and, and breathtaking. On the other hand, uh, I reference Sacramento on, on turn one. Uh, it's my favorite place in flat track because I watch those races go from uh, flat out straight line speed into turning the bikes with body English and throttle control three or four wide an inch apart at those speeds. Amazing. And perfectly complete the corner like ballet dancers.
0: Mm. There is nothing else like it. And when they're sliding in unison, you know when they go around those corners, it, it is—it's what's controlled chaos. You know you can't control dirt conditions. You can't always control what the other riders are doing. But when it's uh, when they're paired up or tripled up, it is a pretty thing to see. And, and you mentioned ballet; it is absolutely that. Michael Locke, our guest CEO, American Flat Track. Uh, let's go back to
1: Jack. Jack, Mike, do you just strictly run on dirt, or do you run on concrete as well if you come up to a track?
2: We, uh, we have 18 rounds in the series, okay. um, and uh, I would describe 17 of them as being some form of dirt or other. We have crushed limestone. We have uh, clay. My God, we have clay of four or five different types. We have gravel, pea gravel, uh, the famous lineman circuit. We have all manners of different types of dirt surfaces, and then we have one, which is the season opener, uh, which this year at uh, Daytona, at the Daytona International Speedway, we changed it up. And three-quarters of the track is dirt, and one-quarter of the track is the banking of the Daytona road race circuit. So it's um it's hard top. Uh, so the riders not only have two surfaces, but they have two surfaces in one track and have to manage the transitions.
0: I like that idea, though, because... Um you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks believe that, you know, there's some types of car racing, automobile racing, where it's pretty much just uh, one guy gets in the front, follow the leader for 25 laps. Not like that. Not like that in flat track. Uh, and you then mix it up with surface uh, surface change, surface uh, inconsistencies, as it will, as it were. Some racers are, are better on different types of surfaces. Agree or disagree?
2: Oh, no, absolutely. And I think the, the guys would admit it themselves. It's, it's another reason why flat track is somewhat unique. Uh, you know, you get to the end of the season and you're the champion. Um, you've had to be the champion over 18 rounds with everything thrown at you. Wow. Not only is the not only is the dirt different at every track, the dirt's different at different times in the day on right. the same track. Right. Um, you know, 95 degrees and the sun beating down on it at 4 p.m. is fundamentally different to after dark and the dew point rising at 9 p.m. for the mains. And and so you've got to be a wizard, uh, not only on the bike but also in in the pit. Uh, your crew have got to absolutely know what they're doing with tire pressures, uh, with suspension settings, with uh, ignition advance, with everything. You've got to be able to fine-tune that bike for conditions that may not last 30 minutes.
0: Jack, you're up next.
1: Michael, is flat track just an American thing or is it international?
2: Well, it's born here, um, and I think it's the only form of professional motorcycle racing that you can say is truly born in the USA. Um, so that makes it unique. But in recent years, we've seen it um, springing up around the world. You know, the world's becoming a much smaller place. It um, is. Particularly since the onset of the Internet. And we live stream every race, uh, not only the main event. We live stream the whole day on fanschoice.tv. And you can get up all the way
0: around the world. What an amazing uh, partnership, America. by the way.
2: It it really is, and it's been one of the primary drivers of our growth over the last four years. Um, We're very thankful to be part of the project together with uh, NASCAR and IMSA to bring live streaming to uh, audiences around the world. And we're seeing um, amazing things happen. So if I were to tell you that on social media, on Facebook, let's say Facebook, uh, where we have nearly 900,000 followers now, our number one country in the world for followers is India. Really, our number two country, yeah, our number two country in the world is the USA. Our number three country in the world is Thailand.
0: Now, it's see, an amazing uh, world we live in. <laughs> my, my other show, when when they gave it, when they gave us initially the numbers uh, of our other show, the uh, the old Takedown show, and they said our our largest number of listeners online was India. I went back and I, and I fact checked. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how big amateur wrestling was in India, with, especially when all the wrestlers over there had the last name of Kumar, <laughs> you know, even the coaches, but, and none of them are related. But it was just uh, amazing. But, but it's, a, it's a rather diverse and large population that are scrambling for entertainment, and in this case, motorcycle racing is perfect for these guys. Maybe not yeah, Gandhi. No, I mean,
2: abs- <laughs> a- a- no abs- absolutely. And, and you know, there there are countries like India that we would consider to be what we'd call developing economies, right? which I think is modern speak for the third world. But, but you look at a country like India that has over one billion people, and it is a developing economy. Sure. There's a lot of poor people there and infrastructure issues. But you know what else there is there? A very, very good wireless infrastructure and millions. Of young men and women who ride motorcycles um and they're smart they're well educated so they seek it out and we've been a massive beneficiary of that
1: well final question from you jack before we had to break okay michael is your sport seeing an increase in women participating in it or is it just all guys mm.
2: yeah that's a good question um uh, we have one very high-profile female competitor, and we, we don't have separate female classes in our racing. We have three classes, the, the 450 singles, production twins, and the AFT twins. We have a competitor in the singles She's actually a factory rider for Red Bull KTM called Shayna
0: Texter. Well, she's on the Who show is? on a regular basis.
2: Uh, well, then your listeners will be well, uh, well familiar with her. She is actually the most successful racer in that class of all time. She's won yeah. more races than anybody else, and to watch her race all 100 pounds of her on, a, on a, quite a tall 450 is an amazing thing. Um, what that's done is, in the short term, it's really piqued the interest of female fans. I can tell you when we do our fan walk, which we generally do around sunset, where we open up the paddock and we allow fans to come in, the longest line for selfies and autographs and swag is in front of Shayna Texter's tent. And it's generally speaking, very proud dads bringing their teenage or younger daughters to come and meet Shane Texas. So it's been a real um, boost
0: for the sport. I remember her first big win was Knoxville, and I was there. We just visited her, and I remember watching her race, and that hair just flying out the back from underneath her helmet. She was biting it, man. And she was. She had every inch of that thing covered. She knew where she. She knew where she was, and everybody in the stands, everybody in the in the uh, uh, the pits everybody was pulling for it because that was a momentous occasion i remember riding home that night and eating about as uh, probably two and a half pounds of bugs uh, on the way home in a motorcycle <laughs> and how cool it had gotten but Shana made it very very worthwhile Race fans it all comes up August 4th American Flat Track returns that on the uh, heels of the big contract that was signed returning it of course to Remington Park in Oklahoma City Oklahoma for the 2020 season that of course being the OKC Mile you can be a part of this season the 2019 season as it will be uh, live from Buffalo Chip at Sturgis and then Sunday August 4th that's sunday august 4th and black hills half mile presented by our good buddies at law tigers in rapid city south dakota tuesday august 6th as always live coverage available on fanschoice.tv tickets available through americanflattrack.com if you have any questions do not call michael lock i guarantee is busy but there will always be somebody there to help you if you have some uh, pretty instantaneous needs for questions to be answered check out americanflattrack.com michael best to you and the staff best to all the racers out there and the fans as well. This looks like a season that's just stacking up to be a great one. I appreciate that. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a good evening. Bar you you too that? as well. There we go. Michael locks into the pits. Hey, fans, we're going to take a quick time out. You're listening to America's uh, Motor Racing Talk Show. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast system. And that includes a diverse and dynamically curated blend of created programs with a wide range of lifestyle programming. Our network features entertaining shows with high high creativity and production values and quality that you've grown to expect from a show just like this. Pit Pass now in the 16th year. For uh, Tony Oink, on camp, P.J. Duran, I'm Scott Kaz. For Jack and Leanne DeLeon are producing this particular edition of the show. Do want to recognize and thank Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. Tommy Boy chose to focus on Cooper McDonald. He'll be coming up in hour number two. And uh, we'll have Rodney Smith, Cooper McDonald, and uh, our, con- our, uh, our, our, our tribute continues to Carlin Dunn, who we lost on... Uh, uh, see just uh, just over the weekend at the Pikes Peak and uh, so we do want to recognize him. If you go back to our seventh uh, September 4th 28th in addition to the program, uh, you can uh, hear our conversation with that Pikes Peak champion. Former winner and film producer as well. Coming up next, Justin Bogle, currently placed eighth overall in the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championship, ninth in the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship. We'll be talking to him next. as Justin Bogle on America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly.
2: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working